0: Today
1: is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Well, campaign season is officially kicked off. The first GOP debate is tonight. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe and leave a rating. Email us if you'd like. Podcast at CBN.org. That's Podcast at cbn. Joining me now to get through the news of the cray. That's what we're doing here each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Is Trey Gones Phillips. Trey, what's going on? It is debate day. Are you pumped?
0: Well, I cannot (laughs) believe. How are we here again? Like, didn't we just do Trump v. Biden? And now it's time to go Biden v.
1: whoever it's going to be. The exasperation is one level. Here we go again, like political division. The other people are like, yes, let's hurry up i can't wait yeah, for a true. change <laughs> right, so you're yeah. gonna i think you're gonna have a wide range of emotions on that is some people are eager to get it going others are dreading you know, i that, think
0: i really don't want to go through this craziness but i really want a new president i think right. people are holding both, both of those feelings at the same time
1: right i don't like bananas being like ten dollars a pound right or whatever it's going on right now it's ridiculous but that's uh, all right but we so we have a lot to get to including on the main thing really cool story ricky hill I saw the trailer for this movie, Trey, and what an incredible story. He
0: does have an incredible story. So uh, he had a whole lot of health issues that he had to overcome. And at nine years old, he literally just decided, I'm not doing this anymore. And he ended up in in the minor leagues. So great story.
1: Wild story. And then also on the focus story, a really cool story from Sean Foyt, who had something kind of, I don't know, divine or divine timing inspired. All of that's coming up. But first, we're going to get through the news here in... 90 seconds the debate is tonight Trump is not only skipping it he's making a long-form appearance with Tucker Carlson to try and draw attention apparently away from the main GOP debate that's taking place among those who qualified and are showing up Florida governor Ron DeSantis South Carolina's Nikki Haley former South Carolina governor that is former Vice President Mike Pence and a whole host of others are going to be on the debate stage, duking it out to see if anybody can get some traction as former President Trump is far, far ahead in all the current polling. Of course, still got a long way to go. National gas prices have spiked to $3.83 a gallon for the national average. The Biden administration can't refill the strategic oil reserves right now, they say, because the price of oil is so high. But not only that, the administration issued new restrictions on oil and gas companies operating in the Gulf of Mexico, seemingly going to only add to the price surge. And President Biden was in Hawaii this week, and he's gone viral for a couple unfortunate mistakes, including lamenting how he almost lost his cat in 1967 Corvette in a small kitchen fire 20 years ago. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Trey, a lot going on there in in the news. Obviously, the debate happening. And so those two stories together, right? You have it's kind of what's going on right now. You've got all these contenders coming out to debate and try to win that chance to run against presumably Joe Biden. And this is the sort of thing you're running against. You got high costs of everything right now. Gas prices is the one we highlight in the news. And then just bizarre things like what we saw in Hawaii with President Biden just kind of feeling tone deaf about the largest wildfire we've had in American history, the deadliest wildfire we've had in American history. Hundreds of people still missing. And he's kind of trying to say, hey, I, I feel your pain. I mean, I, I had a small kitchen fire once. It's very bizarre the way he's choosing to message this thing, along with the no comment multiple times.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't understand what the approach is here, but it seems like there's a lack of awareness um, from the president currently on on any number of of issues. But I think what's even more frustrating, and that's frustrating enough, like if you look at a lot of the polling, whether you're Democrat or conservative, a lot of people are just incredibly underwhelmed if not frustrated with uh this current administration but i think what's frustrating to me as somebody and i know you'll resonate with this as somebody who pays attention to the news we're in the media industry to see the light and and dark difference uh between the way the media handles a republican yeah uh, who acts like this uh, and a democrat who acts like this it's either completely ignored Uh, When Biden does it or it's kind of like explained away uh, like, oh, he didn't he didn't mean it. He's not really tone deaf. He's just, you know, this excuse or that excuse. Uh, But could could you imagine a conservative saying that and getting away with it on CNN or
1: MSNBC? Absolutely not. And we, we don't even have to go that far back. If you remember when President Trump, then President Trump, went down to Puerto Rico after a hurricane hit there and there was a viral clip of him. As supplies were getting handed out to a crowd of people there, he kind of took the paper towels and were throwing them to the people in the back who couldn't get to the front of the line. And he was having a little fun with it, but the media raked him over the coals with that. What
0: is funny is that Biden and Trump actually have quite a bit in common in how they interact with audiences pre-Biden presidency, but earlier in his career— Uh, He was funny, and he was he was likable, and he was you know kind of a a, like a bumbling guy that was just just funny to talk to and funny to interact with, which I think is some of the qualities that Trump has, right? They're just lighthearted, kind of fun to be around. But that is unfortunately not the person we have in the White House now.
1: No, it's not unfortunately, and it's all. I mean, I said officially starting. I mean, there is no actual official but start date, but this is. What we're seeing now is the debate. I it's kind of to me it's kicking things off because now yeah. it feels more official. Now it's not just people throwing their n- name into the ring, their hat into the ring. They're getting on stage. We put their they're, money where their mouth is. Yep, they're gonna start talking now, and we're gonna see. And this is a, it's a really a big one for DeSantis too, especially because many see him as the main challenger, and this is one of those situations for him that's tough because he's he can't really he can't win it here, but he certainly can um, lose it. He could, he could go far back to where he goes back into the pack to where he's down in the single digits. And it would be very difficult to recover from that. But, uh, but he, he, he can't win it. So he's kind of, this is kind of a high stakes night for him. And it'll be really interesting to uh, watch it play out. And we'll of course have full coverage on that on CBN news.com and also on faithwire.com all right we're gonna head over to our focus story now and a guy stole sean Foyt's guitar over the summer he's a musician you may have seen some of our reports on on his ministry events that he has a lot of times involving music someone stole his guitar and a lot has happened so for those who don't know trey what's the situation here
0: yeah, so this has been quite the saga for Sean <laughs> Foyt and, and this guitar, which he is he described at the time in June when it was first stolen from him as an irreplaceable guitar. Uh, so just to walk through some of the craziness of how this all transpired. So uh, Foyt's car was broken into, allegedly, obviously. Uh, his guitar was in the car. It was stolen. Uh, the guitar then, a couple days later, showed up at a pawn shop Uh, where one of Sean Foyt's friends happened to be, because they were all kind of looking for where this guitar might have gone. So a friend of Foyt found the guitar at this pawn shop, purchased it back uh, after learning from the pawn shop uh, employee that it had supposedly been sold to the pawn shop, presumably then to go and and purchase drugs. That was at least the impression Mm. uh, that the pawn shop owner got. Just a couple days after that, this same friend, uh, his name was Dean, a friend of of Sean Foyt, uh, was doing a, a ministry event just kind of out praying on the streets uh, with people. Uh, and he came across this guy named Zach who clearly struggled with drug addiction. Uh, Zach learned about Dean's association with Sean Foyt. Uh, he obviously had, you know, owned up to the fact that he had stolen this guitar. He apologized for it, repented of it, uh, even prayed with Dean. Uh, and then through word of mouth, Sean heard about this of course. And Sean invited him, uh, the man who stole his guitar invited him to an outreach event, uh, one of the Let Us Worship, uh, prayer rally events, uh, it spoke in Spokane, Washington, uh, and that kind of catches us up to, to where things are right now and, and what happened in Spokane.
1: Hmm. Crazy story and unfolding of events. What, where does it stand? What's the latest?
0: Yeah. So what's crazy is that all of this was a complete surprise to Sean. So none of none of what I'm about to say was was planned or or in any way you know something that was in on the radar of what Sean thought might happen. But uh, he knew that Zach might show up at the event. He didn't know for certain, uh, but Zach did end up coming. Uh, he came up on the stage. Uh, he again uh, apologized kind of publicly to everybody. Uh, and Sean then forgave him and spoke a few words over him, and then he actually said uh, that he had accepted Christ, uh, and he wanted to get baptized. Uh, so they were doing baptisms there, so they added him to the list, they baptized the guy, uh, and uh, Sean again prayed with him, uh, prayed for him, uh, and that's, that's where this whole thing stands, is that uh, this man who stole a guitar from somebody he didn't know was obviously a worship leader. Uh, and then months later, that was at the beginning of the summer, months later, as we're kind of closing out on the summer, uh, he ends up giving his life to Christ uh, and getting baptized by the
1: guy uh, who whose guitar he stole. <laughs> yeah, that is incredible. What a turn of events right there. Going to make an incredible testimony someday for some church audience when wherever this young man hopefully gets to be involved in getting plugged into a church community. I'm sure someday they'll ask him to share his testimony when he's ready. And it'll be wild for those who hadn't heard it. But uh, what's Sean saying now? How's he responding to all this?
0: Yeah. So he's posted a few times on social media about this because obviously it's quite an incredible story. And he wrote uh, on his Instagram account, uh, quote, only God can write a story like this. He takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it around uh, obviously, a reference to Genesis fifty twenty that says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good uh, to bring about that many people should be kept alive uh, as they are today. So definitely a, a crazy, uh, inspiring story. And then in one of his other posts, uh, Sean ended it and said he came up obviously talking about. Uh, about Zach and surprised me in front of 7,000 people, God writes the best stories. So definitely a, a really uplifting uplifting story and a great ending.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Great to hear a positive one in the midst of all the crazy news that we end up having to cover here a lot of times on the podcast and on the CBN News channel. It's just because there's so much crazy stuff going on. It's great to see a light in the midst of all that and see God moving and working and I completely agree with what he said that God writes the best stories because you can't if you tried to make something up like that it would nobody would believe it. They'd all say, "Oh, come on, that's cheesy." You know, of course, the guy you know then comes around, comes full circle, right? Like you wouldn't believe it, but when you see it happen in front of you, and then then there's no denying it, and it becomes very very cool.
0: Yeah, now my only prayer now, and I'm certain that this is probably something that Sean and his team are working on, is that he gets discipled, right? That he gets yeah. plugged in in a local church and is able to uh, to take that transformation and let roots go down deep, and he actually is uh, comes to know what it means to live a godly life and what it means to be truly transformed by the Holy Spirit. Because, uh, but honestly, I mean. We, God definitely does write the best stories because I would never imagine. Yeah. And we as human beings, would ne- we would write anybody off, right? <laughs> right. If you're you're a, a supposedly drug-addicted person, you've broken into somebody's car, you've stolen a, a valuable uh, item of theirs, We uh, at three different points, I would have written off this dude completely, yeah. well, how many, which is my own pen, yeah. right? I shouldn't be writing people off, but I would, yeah, but how, God doesn't.
1: How many times do we do that just in our minds even? Just I mean, if you see somebody that's in a kind of a, tough situation like that, like an addict on the streets or something. You don't think, you know what? I need to share the gospel with them because they're going to get saved. A lot of times we don't think that way to our, to your point, our own sin. We don't trust God that he can work miracles. He is the one who can change people's hearts. So our job is just to share the gospel and then let God sort that out and watch and watch him work, right? Watch him work because uh, we just don't know what's going to happen.
0: And I think it's a great reminder too to be, prayerful for people because it's hard to be really, really angry and bitter towards someone you're praying for. Yeah. So when you've been wronged, when someone has sinned against you, whether it's stealing something from you, cutting you off in traffic, I mean, whatever it is, yeah. like our instinct as believers, rather than getting angry, I uh, should be, you know what, let me pray for that person because I don't know what their life looks They may be a believer and they may just be having a bad day, you know, but I don't know what their life looks like. Uh, And if we make that our posture, it's a lot harder to to be hateful toward people in our thoughts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the world would be a lot better place if if people did more of that and less of all the shouting and arguing uh, that we have going on. So appreciate bringing that one, Trey. Thank you. And that's going to leave us over to the main thing right now. And Ricky Hill was born with a degenerative spine disorder, but trusted God with his passion for baseball And his story is at the center of a new movie, The Hill. And it's in theaters this Friday. And Hill joined Trey to talk about his miraculous healing and how he used his platform in professional baseball to share the gospel with those around him. That's today's main thing.
0: Tell me a little bit about how the opportunity to have a movie about your life even came about.
2: Um, as I was playing professional baseball in uh, 1976 and '77, um, my brother wrote the story about my brother was involved in our church. He wrote the story about how difficult it was for my life, the whole life of the for 18 years, for me able to get to where I was. And then to make it how miraculous, that virtually impossible, they called all the odds against me. And he wrote this story. And he wrote it for our family only. Not for anyone else, but our family. But a few guys in our church got it, took it to Hollywood. And then Hollywood wanted to buy the story. (laughs) And so they came calling in 1978. And that's a long time ago. But um, I had to turn it down because my dad and my mother both became ill at the same time. Hmm. My father didn't make it. My mother did. She had brain tumor. My dad had pancreas cancer at the same very time, and um, uh, which was very hurtful. And it was during the years. I had a few more years left in baseball, which was for me to even get there was incredible because I had no disc in my spine. People didn't realize I had—I no, was born with no disc. Mm. Right. My grandmother and my great-grandmother were in wheelchairs. I've never seen them any different. And I was headed in the same direction. So that's how it all came out. You know, I, I, for people who might
0: not know your story uh, and, and just how miraculous it is that you were able to go on to play uh, professional baseball, uh, tell us a little bit about what your upbringing was like, because you had a significant a significant health issue that you had to wear leg braces that were incredibly heavy. Uh, you, as you mentioned, had a spinal issue. Talk a little bit about some of that.
2: Well, you know, it's, um, it never, ever stopped me. I, uh, I, just, I was that kind of kid that was so tenacious that I just felt like I could do anything. Even with the leg braces, I hit rocks every day. And through by me hitting rocks every day, sometimes two thousand a day, hitting rocks because that's all we had financially. It's free, you know, rocks for free, and stick free. And so I hit rocks just every day for years, um, and um, it made me into. A, I developed a swing, a base a swing with a basically with a bat that when it come time for me to get out of these braces. I'm ready to, I'm ready to tag a few baseballs and it, that's, that was the tough thing, you know, growing up from, from years, you know, when I was born, cause it all started when I was born, cause my legs were wrapped around each other and then the spine was connected to that as well, which created the problems that we didn't know because back then in those fifties, born in the fifties, you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. And they they did exploratory surgeries, several of them. I don't can't tell you how many, but several. And so wound up, uh, uh, we wound up. Uh, I fighting, I fought my battle all the way through it and hit rocks. Did everything I could, and uh, then one day, uh, at eight years old, I busted those braces off. I never put them back on.
0: Hmm. Yeah, where did that perseverance come from as a kid? Uh, to trust, you know, this is something that I am so passionate about that I'm going to essentially throw caution to the wind, and I'm going to do what I need to do to get to that to get to that point of success. Where did that tenacity in
2: you come from? It comes straight from it came straight from God Himself. I'm telling you, it was a deal that uh, I um I knew one day that I would make it somehow, some way. It didn't matter the pain; I weathered the pain because it was very painful. But I weathered that storm through the pain and uh, uh, I just had it built in. My father had it, I had it. Mm-hmm. same same thing. Tell me a little
0: bit about um about your faith because obviously like as we said you you grew up in a, a a Christian family. your father was a preacher. you preached as a little kid, you would share the gospel. Talk a little bit about that and how your trust in the Lord, evolved as your story evolved
2: well you know as my story invo- evolved when i became a professional uh i knew i c- i would carry it on um i was probably the only baseball player ever that never said a curse word <laughs> but i uh would get on the bus on the buses and i I'd, I'd start preaching to the guys on the bus hmm. you know the guys that would listen and singing songs, leading gospel songs while we're on the road, Lord traveling. And um, it carried on to through, through my baseball career. Uh, when I was 24 and I was paralyzed on the field, um, I didn't understand it, why God took away my game. I did not, that one I didn't understand. But my, I, I de- never gave up hope and faith and I went through major surgeries and restored my legs. And also I've got nine screws in my spine. I have nine screws, I have six cages and a 14 inch rod that holds me together. And uh, today I'm very thankful. I could even go play a round of golf if I wanted to, which is wonderful, yeah. wonderful. And so saying all that, my faith in Jesus, my faith in the Lord is, even this movie has brought me even just closer, just closer to God, just because because what I went through, it, mm-hmm. it brings me closer to Jesus Christ, because I know that he, this story was ordained before I was even in my mother's womb
0: ricky hill thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with us the movie is the hill uh starring colin ford and dennis quaid uh, that is out in theaters this friday
1: all right trey appreciate that i mean that that movie i don't know have you seen it yet trey or did you just watch i have trailer? not
0: yeah i have not seen it yet but i have friends who've seen it and i've heard only good things good. about it
1: yeah well because i know that sometimes you get the early access and um whatnot so it does look very good. The trailer looks great. The story's great. And it was great to hear uh, that firsthand perspective of that story. So appreciate that. All right. We have time now on the podcast for one last thing.
0: We're going to look at James one twelve. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. And I think it fits perfect with Ricky's yeah, story, right?
1: Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard in the moment. It really is when you're going through something. But that is when the rubber meets the road. As far as your faith goes, treat those situations. All of us are going through something. Treat that situation as a growing process, a sanctification process where God's growing you closer to him. Not always easy, easier said than done, but we got to encourage one another to get through that. All right. That's all the time we have for the podcast today. Lord willing, in that creek, don't rise. We shall return tomorrow. Friday Junior is up next.